Welcome to the You Can Have It All podcast to create a successful business and a thriving family. I am your host, Mona Tavastili from Mompreneurs Worldwide. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of You Can Have It All. I'm here today with one of the most amazing women entrepreneurs and leaders that I've ever met, Hadil Anaptawi. Hadil is a social entrepreneur in the children and girls empowerment field. She is a certified life coach, teacher's trainer on interactive teaching methodologies, and the founder of the Alchemist Lab in Jordan. The Alchemist Lab is a fun learning center for kids, and all programs focus on building creative and critical thinking skills with focus on STEM. The company's mission is to empower children and youth with the future skills they need to compete in the workplace locally as well as globally. The company has reached more than 40,000 children from cities, less fortunate areas, as well as the refugee camps. Hadil is a Vital Voices Fellow and she has received many amazing awards, such as We Empower Award in 2018 in UN. We Empower is a global challenge for women entrepreneurs who leverage their business to advance UN sustainable development goals. You can find all the details and her other prestigious awards for the amazing work that she's doing in the show notes. Hadil and I met back in December 2019 for a few days while attending a workshop by Vital Voices in Portugal. To me, Hadil has many traits of a true leader. She is very humble, extremely supportive, visionary, and she holds a power that I believe comes from her mission to make change happen. It's an absolute honor to know her and introduce her to you. Hadil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, uh, Mona, for having me. Uh, and thank you for your kind words. I'm looking forward to sharing my experience with your audience. I'm super excited. You know that I'm a big fan. And I want to start by asking you to please introduce yourself as well and tell us more about your journey. Uh, I'm an industrial engineer. I started uh, uh, my career at uh, one of the big industrial companies in Jordan. And uh, in 2005, I decided that I want to follow my heart. And basically, uh, I love kids and uh, I love science. And uh, from my past experience in this industrial company, I realized that uh, uh, we leave school not equipped with the right skills that we need in order to be successful uh, in the corporate world. Uh, so uh, I decided to start my my first company in 2007, and uh, it was uh, focused on uh, introducing science through drama. I do believe that the future is for STEM, for science, technology, engineering, and math. And I believe that uh, uh, kids, they have to be empowered to explore themselves and the world about the, around them. And also, uh, uh, they have to be uh, equipped with these skills from the beginning at schools. Uh, so I started my first company in 2007, and then in 2012, I started the Alchemist Lab. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, our mission is to uh, empower a generation of, uh, um, of problem solvers in Jordan and in the Middle East. Uh, we offer uh, uh, blended learning uh, uh, STEM experiences uh, for kids. Uh, and we're a hybrid model uh, uh, that we work with uh, uh, kids in the private sector and also kids in public schools and in refugee uh, camps. Uh, so uh, uh, we offer our services for fees for the private sector, and also we reach through grants uh, kids in less fortunate areas. Um, uh, my passion is to help uh, uh, the young generations uh, to become successful. And I always say that everything that I've learned throughout the years, I wish to give these uh, 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 learnings and this experience to kids at early stage so they'll be able to save time and they will be able to 
to find themselves, find uh, their passion and find their purpose and build their skills in order to be able to be successful and to make a difference in their societies and in the world. It, it was a long journey, a long, uh, I would say, entrepreneurship journey, but it's uh, focused on empowering uh, kids and youth uh, with focus of, uh, on girls in particular, because uh, also in the Middle East, we do really have uh, a big gap uh, in STEM careers between uh, uh, girls and boys. So we focus through our programs to bridge these gaps. And uh, as we also uh, work on uh, equal opportunities for uh, uh, learning uh, um, experiences between uh, kids in the private sector and also in the public sector and in refugees. That's amazing, Hadil. I absolutely love what you do. I watched the videos that you shared with us. Um, it's going to be in the show notes. I encourage everybody to watch the videos. It's it's really amazing. And um, I want to learn more about your why, Hadil. Like, what is your vision for our world? What is one change that you would like to see happening through empowering our next generation? Uh, personally, uh, uh, I, I believe that uh, uh, we start making a real change when we change ourselves. And also uh, uh, not only uh, equipping ourselves uh, uh, with the right skills by facing uh, uh, our challenges, uh, accepting them, uh, embracing them, learning from our mistakes and uh, uh, growing through the experiences uh, that we uh, go through. So, uh, and, and I believe that people lead changes and people make inventions and people uh, 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 make a difference uh, in life. And uh, if we really uh, focus uh, on uh, uh, like adopting the scientific methodology as a way of thinking in our daily life by asking the right questions, uh, uh, researching data, uh, experimenting, uh, uh, doing mistakes, uh, uh, building a models, uh, a model, and then uh, doing the mistake, optimizing our models and solutions, and uh, working again and again with all this uh, uh, um, uh, uh, positivity, uh, we will be able to really uh, make a difference. So uh, why do I do this? Because I believe that if we start with people, we start with human, we help them to uh, uh, to solve their own problems, to solve the problems in their society and in the world, we'll be able to lead uh, a difference in the future. So, so why do I do this? Because I really feel that we deserve good lives. I, I really believe that our capacity to make a change is huge. Uh, I believe that if we were, uh, we have like great minds and we have great spirits. We, I always say that kids, they are born with great questioning skills and with great capacity to learn. But when they go through the traditional educational system, they like forget all this and they they uh, start to uh, take uh, everything uh, as granted and not question anything. So if we really focus on training the mind to think, uh, training the mind to become uh, a problem solver, we do need this type of people in order to make a change. We all know that we all face challenges on the personal level and not only on the personal level. I come from the Middle East where the challenges are tremendous. Uh, people dream 
all the time that challenges will become less in the future and in reality they do increase and we as we live longer we see more challenges uh, on the personal level uh, in the uh, regional level and on the global level so unless we really focus on training kids and youth on the skills they will not be able to face the challenges in the future so the why i want the next generation to live happier and to be able to face the the challenges and deal with them and make the world a better place and they need that when i was actually watching the videos and learning more about um the alchemist lab what really stood out was that it's not just an after school activity it is really giving these kids the skills that they need for life like the critical thinking the these are the skills that they might not necessarily um learn at school all the time so for me which what was interesting was that this will really help them in any area of their life when they grow up and i salute you for that for for starting this it was it's truly inspirational i want to ask you about the challenges that you faced as an entrepreneur as well as the traits of a true leader i believe you're one and um, i want to know what are the things that matter to you when you're running um, this organization or or any other initiative that you start uh, we face uh, like uh, big challenges and the, the the funny part that they don't get easier uh, and uh, and uh, i don't want to say this to discourage any person who to start this journey I, I, I actually i've grew a lot through this entrepreneurial uh, journey and uh, establishing different companies uh, but as, as we grow uh, uh, there are different types of uh, challenges on the business level uh, basically uh, uh, one of the biggest challenges uh, i would say and which uh, many social enterprises they face actually which is building a business bo- a model that is uh, sustainable uh, because usually with social inter- enterprises you have a social mission and usually people who need, uh, need your services usually they can't afford to pay so building that hybrid model where you sustain the model uh, financially uh, and b- become not dependent on grants because this is my advice to everybody to really uh, grow their businesses uh, beyond uh, grants and uh, Uh, donors uh, that was one of uh, the biggest uh, challenges uh, basically uh, um, uh, the other challenge is that uh, we can't like uh, uh, run businesses or grow businesses alone you have to really care uh, for building uh, a good team and uh, and uh, most of the times uh, we start an idea because we love uh, uh, um, uh, that field or we see ourselves in that idea uh, excelling doing the the activity it is probably for the alchemist lab i always say that when i started the alchemist lab it's because i love doing activities with kids i love coaching kids i love spending time with kids but i ended up not doing this on the other hand i i'm pitching to donors i'm pitching to investors i'm i'm uh, putting plans and i'm putting action plans and working on financials and working on many things probably they are not really the thing that i like but usually entrepreneurs they do things Uh, and uh, among these things are many things that we don't like and we have to live the, uh, with this and accept this and the other thing that we have to really partner with people who are uh, like uh, once we know our our strengths 
uh, and our weaknesses, we start to build a team and partner with people who can uh, like uh, uh, bridge this gap concerning our weaknesses and become as a team a strong one uh, to to lead the uh, the organization uh, forward. So it's a lot of work, and the, the, maybe the last challenge that I would like to highlight that usually your team becomes your family. And uh, as we uh, we all uh, um, went through uh, COVID nineteen, you realize more that the this team is your family because you start to think that you're responsible also for your family. So so uh, you're responsible for y- your immediate family and you're responsible for uh, uh, your family that you created through your business. So you need to be uh, uh, strong enough, confident enough, and find find solutions and to make sure that you keep this team and you grow with this team uh, forever. So so, so leading, uh, uh, establishing business is not uh, really uh, an easy job, uh, but you continue to learn as you go along. And, uh, and when you start to build the right team, you start to learn from the team. And when you start to empower the team, it's the best way to empower uh, yourself, actually, and to grow uh, the businesses. Absolutely, Hadil. And I always say also that entrepreneurship is a self-discovery journey. We never sugarcoat entrepreneurship. It's probably one of the hardest things that um, someone can do, but also it's really worth it. I believe that the growth that happens is um, is unlike anything else that we experience in life. And uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the challenges that you faced as well. I'm sure it's very inspiring for others that we all face these challenges. You know, sometimes one of the things with entrepreneurship is that it's a lonely journey and we always see all oh, the success of other people. We don't necessarily see what happens behind the doors. And that's why I think it's important to mention all of these and tell everyone that you are not alone. If you're facing challenges, this is something that we are all facing when running a business. And as you mentioned, they don't get any easier. Yes. Actually, this is interesting because uh, in one of my speeches, actually at Arizona University, I was asked, uh, uh, how does it feel to be uh, a leader and uh, founder of a company? And uh, my answer was, the the first answer was uh, lonely. And that was like, to them, shocking. And I I explained that um, it's lonely because uh, uh, part of your responsibility is really to give confidence to give the strength to the people around you and to the team. And sometimes you have to face the reality that you need to take uh, decisive measures and uh, to take uh, decisions uh, alone. Uh, of course, you get uh, to talk to mentors, you get to talk to your uh, network, to get. but, but it's, it's you who owns uh, the decision, who's leading this company, and I'm not uh, saying this to scare you, but I think it's basically uh, uh, it's it's a journey that is full of uh, responsibility, and the best way to deal with it is uh, to uh, continuously learn and open our eyes to the world and to people around us to grow ourselves. Because as you said, it's a self-discovery journey, and we have to grow and learn more, and also to let go what's not uh, working and start over again and learn from our uh, mistakes, embrace them uh, and celebrate them. And this is what I always say, celebrate the mistakes and learn from them and move on as quickly as you can to build something 
bigger. The person who you are today is not the person who was yesterday or you established your business uh, 10 years ago. So whatever you do now, definitely you'll do it better and you'll continue to do mistakes. So you'd better really be comfortable with your mistakes and uh, with your challenges uh, uh, during the whole journey. Hadil, I think this is, I don't know if you agree with me, that um, I come from Middle East as well. I feel that it's a, it's a different um, mentality and culture in the Middle East. We don't really cherish mistakes. Like we try to hide them. And when we make mistakes, it's difficult to admit that we made that mistake because then it means we failed. So you know, what I have notice is is one of the things that now that I live in Vancouver, this part of the world, people are more comfortable, I feel, that with the mistakes that they do, um, even in their personal life. I feel that sometimes we all try too hard to show that we have an amazing personal life when it comes to the Middle East. And then here I see people complaining and and talking about the things that happen in their life, the challenges, the things that are are not necessarily working in their life. What, What is your experience when it comes to mistakes, failure, and uh, what's happening in the Middle East? Uh, actually, you're absolutely right, and uh, and uh, uh, maybe through the process of uh, uh, of the training that we give to kids, and through the scientific thinking, we celebrate mistakes, uh, as we do uh, sometimes uh, STEM projects. We always tell kids that uh, the, uh, the the model will not work from the beginning, and uh, and uh, people who uh, uh, who made mistakes were able to really reach great inventions uh, uh, in the world. And I always um, encourage even teachers to help kids celebrate their mistakes because to tell you frankly the more we do mistakes the more we learn the more we uh, grow and the, mo- the more we uh, uh, we're able to bring to the world uh, better uh, solutions uh, but uh, it's it's a lot of work that we do that's why when I started the conversation I said that there's a lot of work that we have to do it uh, um, from within and this is something that is really important. Uh, uh, it's it's um, it's against the norm in the Middle East uh, to admit our mistakes and to uh, accept them, to challenge them, to learn from them, and to be proud of them. And uh, this is something that I really love to see uh, uh, people uh, doing one day. That that uh, it's okay that we do mistakes, and it's okay that uh, uh, we're not doing this right, and um, uh, uh, it's it's only uh, needed in our journey. And uh, uh, once I shared, uh, I shared once that uh, what do, what do I do usually to let go uh, uh, the mistakes? Because at the beginning, everybody feels sorry for uh, what's going on if we did mistakes, especially that this mistake is uh, connected to uh, your business, uh, connected, uh, it's affecting people around you, it's affecting your team, it's affecting your company. So so the best uh, thing to do is basically write down what did you learn uh, from this mistake. And this is what I usually do. When, whenever on the personal level, on the, uh, the business level, I do mistakes, I just write down what did I learn from this mistake. And, uh, and this is a way to to train my mind to focus on the learning rather than uh, uh, on the mistake itself. And, and to start, and as I start to write, what did I learn towards the end of this? It's uh, usually I come up with different uh, scenarios for the solutions. 
and th- that is that brings comfort usually and that really help uh, helps me to let go that uh, i've done a, a, a big mistake and uh, f- uh, uh, it's really funny that i usually say that sometimes the way we deal with our children in the past uh, um, we encourage the idea that uh, you shouldn't do mistakes and mistakes are horrible and and sometimes uh, by uh, even telling our kids that they are always right and celebrating uh, everything that they do and and uh, become um, and whenever they do something right we just uh, we're happy and when they do something wrong we're sad and we're upset and we're overreacting so we train kids from the uh, young age that mistakes are horrible you shouldn't do mistakes people will not like you if you do mistakes and this is really not good uh, on the um, uh, raising kids uh, level. So so um, I mentioned this because I was a really good kid and uh, I'm I'm blessed to have really supportive parents. Uh, uh, They used to really uh, celebrate all my successes. And uh, to tell you frankly, at a certain age when I grew up, I felt that this uh, made me fear like uh, trying new things. Because trying new things means that you might fail or succeed in these things. So uh, uh, accepting mistakes and training kids that mistakes are okay affects uh, all their life and their way of living and their way of learning. Because kids will not jump into new adventures or new areas if you are upset every time they make a mistake or they think that the the mistake is something bad they shouldn't do. Mistakes uh, are part of life. And we as entrepreneurs, we like we learned this the hard way that mistakes is is really part of uh, uh, our journey and uh, they are a must and we should embrace them. I agree with you that um, I I owe this to entrepreneurship as well to cherish mistakes because you don't have a choice i mean you either give up or you learn to um fail fall and get back up and this is i mean you don't have really you don't have the luxury of um giving up when you have really put everything that you have into turning invisible into something visible um and when you're running a business the something that really helped me was the mindset book learning more about the growth mindset and as well as the fixed mindset and understanding like in any areas of our life from parenting to business um as a leader what are the things we can do in order to focus on being having a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset Basically, uh, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset is the core of what we do at the Alchemist Lab. And uh, and we really encourage the growth mindset and we really wish all the uh, educational system to focus uh, on uh, uh, the growth uh, mindset. And um, uh, it requires actually um, uh, uh, um, becoming aware of ourselves basically because many people they don't really admit uh, and uh, face the the reality and uh, they don't face their uh, challenges and uh, they don't accept that they do have challenges and weaknesses uh, some people when you start to talk about uh, something that uh, they've done or some mistakes uh, uh, they they really become upset about it so so uh, so basically the growth mindset is the idea of the alchemist lab and what we wish to see in the next generation and it's a lot of work 
work uh, on ourselves uh, in order to uh, become the, the, this type of people who have a growth mindset. And it's really needed during uh, all our uh, entrepreneurial journey. Um, uh, it's it's funny why, while uh, you were talking about uh, uh, mistakes um, for entrepreneurs, I, I, I remembered one of the in, uh, investors uh, in, uh, in one conference in uh, San Francisco. And I asked him, uh, what is one uh, uh, quality that uh, uh, you look in entrepreneurs that people will really uh, be shocked to know uh, about it? Uh, and uh, he said, uh, I usually invest in people who failed a couple of times. Because these people, I'm sure that they will not repeat their mistakes. I'm sure that these people don't give up easily. And because I'm an investor and I was an entrepreneur, I know definitely that they will do things better when after failing in many uh, things, they will do uh, things better in the future. So these are the right people. So uh, I really wish that we see everybody thinking about the growth mindset, the fixed mindset in, in this way, and also about embracing uh, mistakes. And there's a saying that success is a crappy teacher. Like, yes, we all uh, celebrate when we succeed. It's an amazing feeling. But what we learn when we fail is something that I don't know whether it uh, affects us emotionally or what happens that we really learn when something doesn't work rather than when it actually works. Um, and I think that as human beings, we always play with words. Like, what does even failure mean? Like when did we start uh, putting a label as something that if you try and doesn't work as something which is bad or a failure? Uh, another, another thing that I absolutely love is that you either succeed or you learn. So you don't necessarily even say that I failed. I learned something new and now I know that it's not working. So I can try something new next time. And if we can, like on your in your mission, Teaching these to our kids, definitely when you, they grow up, it helps them in any areas of their life. One more thing I want to mention is that uh, during VV Lead um, with Vital Voices, we learned uh, different traits of leadership and vulnerability is actually one of the most, I think it was the, the main one that it was difficult to resonate with when we were in the room. But it is, when you think about it, it's such an important trait as a leader. And I'd love to know what you think, because you really need to have that confidence and strength to say, I made a mistake so that you, you share that vulnerability with your people, with your team members, with your audience, say, you know what, I made this mistake and showing that side of you and this is how we are going to sol solve it. Do you have any examples or is there anything that you want to share with our audience about vulnerability? Uh, yeah, actually, um, this is one of uh, the things that I, I really make sure that it's part of my leadership style, which is uh, I always admit mistakes. And um, I, I, I really encourage leaders and also managers to do this. And uh, uh, when they build, uh, when they do this, and I, I think leaders, they build trust between themselves and the team and uh, they, re they build a team uh, that is uh, ready to learn and grow and uh, and ready to share their mistakes uh, so uh, uh, it's very important that because this build a trust uh, actually that uh, will uh, the team will come uh, to you uh, share uh, the mistakes that they've done and sometimes these mistakes are very uh, uh, important for the company to solve and it's the company mistake that we need all to work on this so if they are comfortable to share what they've done wrong what they've learned 
learned uh, 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 from uh, this mistake, the company grow together as a as a team. So it, it's really important that uh, we share these things, and imp- it's really important as a leader to uh, build this uh, uh, trust uh, space uh, that uh, the team can share uh, uh, what mistakes uh, and what challenges they are facing. Uh, uh, in order to really learn from these mistakes rather than to pinpoint who've done, who did this mistake and and uh, what uh, uh, what's the problem with that so it's very important uh, yeah um, sharing mistakes and being comfortable about mistakes uh, as a team and as a person is very important and becomes part of your uh, company culture as you mentioned it's um it's so important to give that confidence uh, to to the employees as well to feel that they are um, able and they're free to test new things and come up with creative ideas. And um, if they fail and if they make mistakes, it's absolutely fine as well. I want to talk about change and flexibility, Hadil, as something else that it is important when you're running a business. So you have pivoted your business during COVID-19. Tell us more about things that you had to adapt to this change and the challenges that you faced. Basically, actually, COVID-19 was one of uh, uh, the biggest challenges uh, as it was and it is for everybody. Uh, But I would say uh, um, it came with many uh, uh, advantages and blessings to many companies. And uh, for us, I would say uh, uh, it came with... uh, uh, better understanding uh, of our customers... Uh, we become closer as a team, I would say. Uh, it uh, uh, um, uh, pushed uh, the plans of going online for the Alchemist Lab because we used to do uh, uh, activities offline, doing clubs and activities for kids online. So when COVID-19 hit us, we were like um, uh, uh, hit hard by the pandemic and uh, we stopped all operation because Jordan went in total lockdown in March uh, uh, this year. And uh, uh, so it was like zero revenues for the company we couldn't do any activities schools were closed so we started to pivot the business to be online and to offer uh, activities uh, online uh, and um, uh, what i learned actually as a leader during the pandemic uh, uh, i would say that uh, it's leading during crisis and i would say it's uh, basically being decisive and um, fast in decisions on uh, our decisions that was really crucial and important and also when we build teams good teams before the pandemic uh, and you start to really uh, bring your team on board uh, uh, and and if your culture is flexibility accepting uh, challenges uh, facing challenges and if we're really empowering the young generations to become problem solvers we put the hat of uh, problem solvers for ourselves and we started to say how are we going to go uh, uh, through this and we started to think outside the uh, the box and we pivoted actually the business to, to offer some online activities. Since a month, we started to offer both online and offline, and we're testing both, and we, we're just testing how are we going to really uh, move forward uh, as a business uh, uh, next year uh, due to, uh, according to uh, uh, market um, uh, feedback. Sometimes change is very important and uh, is a must, and uh, it has to be really according to customers' needs. Uh, it has to be reflecting what our customers need, what the market needs, 
smartly and really to discuss all that changes and to bring the team on board in order to lead the company to another stage uh, after the pandemic, hopefully. And I attended one presentation uh, that you led during Vital Voices about the challenges that you went through and how you managed to um, go through them. And it was really inspiring because, well, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I can see that a lot of people as soon as the, I mean, nobody could really expect COVID-19, but as soon as it hit, they really stopped. They said, okay, let's see what will happen. And then now it's been a couple of months. So they didn't necessarily, not everyone took action, but with you, Hadil, even though you are not in Jordan, so now you're in the U.S., Managing your team from there, trying to find solutions, talking to different people. It's something that I really um, admired and it shows um, that you really cared to do something for your team, for your audience and for the community that you have created, um, which is always re- really like no matter what happens when we focus on our, whether it's our circle of influence, as Stephen Covey mentions, or our circle of concern. Like COVID happened, there's nothing we can do there. There is lockdown. Okay, that circle of concern, a lot of people put all of their focus there, but you were one of the few that I personally know that you put all of your attention on your circle of influence, the thing that you could change, and you actually pivoted your business in a matter of weeks, which is very, very inspiring. So congratulations for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, yes, actually, we were fast and I encourage many women leaders and many uh, uh, entrepreneurs to be uh, fast. Uh, uh, probably part of it that um, I'm a scientific person. I uh, When I when this all started, I told people that uh, it will not be a month or two. Be prepared that this will be long. And because uh, everybody went to total, uh, total uh, uh, lockdown, so uh, um, uh, uh, I had that feeling that it will be a long enough. Enough. And as I said, uh, the, um, the online was on the plan even before COVID-19. And I said uh, to myself that this is an opportunity. We test if we can do it. Uh, the team will be on uh, on board uh, and and uh, or not. And uh, basically, this motivated the team. I, I remember that at the beginning of COVID-19, the news were like uh, numbers were going high in the sky and everybody's worried. And me and my team working on new things and developing new things and creating new. So it was like uh, our innovative space of building something new that motivated us that there is a hope at the end of uh, uh, the tunnel and we started to test it, it as uh, quickly as uh, uh, as possible uh, so so um, uh, yes uh, that, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really happy uh, and I have to add uh, for and I'm, uh, I have to admit that uh, this is because we have a really good team who believes in the mission and, uh, and uh, uh, they are like working with kids uh, encouraging their creativity for long so and they are creative so we started together to put uh, some creative uh, solutions uh, and we focused as uh, as we said on why we're doing this uh, I think people who were able to really um, get out of the challenge and uh, struggle that um, uh, th- they started to ask themselves why are we doing this and when they focused on the why the uh, how we're doing this might change and this is life usually in life, of course, the why sometimes grow with us. However, uh, uh, when we are uh, absolute about the why and we know why we're doing this, uh, it's, it's easier to change how we're doing this. And it helps you when things um, get difficult, which they do. 
Like there are a lot of times that you want to give up. There are a lot of, I remember the emotions that I went through on this journey. A lot of times I was like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, especially when you come from corporate, you have that safety, you have that paycheck and life is a lot more comfortable. So there are points you say, why am I doing to myself? And it's that why, the strength of that why that keeps you going. And it's really, um, it's worth it to spend some time to, to find that why. For us as empowered mothers, raise empowered leaders. And even if we can empower one mother, and we know that by her being empowered, the family is more empowered and the kids are more empowered who are our future leaders. That is such a strong why for us that really keeps us going. Um, and when I see your organization, your why really, it shows that it's the center of everything that you do as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hadil, one of my last questions is about your foundation as well. So in the Alchemist Lab, as you mentioned, you have a for-profit as well as a foundation. So you are, this is a hybrid model that you have. I want to know the differences in running it. And I think the main thing for me that I'd like to, to learn from you is that balance between um, caring about your numbers at the end of the day, this is a business. And sometimes you, when it comes to the foundation or that impact, you have to make decisions that business-wise, they, they don't necessarily make sense. And you need to have, that's why it's so important to have the right partners and the right investors so they understand that this is not only about money and numbers, it's about the impact, it's about the legacy, but it, it's a very fine line. And I'd love to know your experience in running these two and finding that balance. Actually, it's difficult. <laughs> it's basically um, investors in general, uh, uh, are, uh, they look uh, at numbers. And also when, uh, uh, when you start to seek investors, it's basically when they look at numbers, okay, they compromise the revenues. They don't want like uh, 10 X's as revenues, but uh, for the impact also, they look for a, a large number of impact in order to invest in your companies, in your company. So, so uh, basically it's not easy to run such models to tell you, frankly, it's rewarding on the personal level and on the business level. And you can see the change that you're doing uh, uh, in the world, but, but it's really difficult. Uh, usually what we do, uh, like there are certain, uh, we do have like uh, products that, that we can do for everybody. And we do certain partnerships for uh, the less fortunate areas and for the refugees and for these uh, people. Uh, meaning that uh, we offer our services for the private uh, sector to uh, maybe to schools. However, we sell to the refugees and to the public sector through organizations who help us reach more people. So, so it's a strategic decision that we do these partnerships so we are always uh, sure that we will reach large number of people through these uh, organizations. And uh, we always remind ourselves that this is uh, one of our uh, missions to be able to reach both uh, the private and the public sector. Uh, yes, sometimes we have challenges and one of the biggest challenges through COVID-19, and uh, I say it frankly and transparently and clearly that we uh, we had to really take a decision that we should build first the line that will bring revenues to the company because we do understand that bringing revenues to the company and uh, sustaining the company and uh, making sure that company uh, continue to operate is the key to the future social impact. So what we've done, we developed a product. This 
product, when we developed the product, we made sure that uh, the platform that we used, it's like suitable for less fortunate areas because of the bandwidth and these technicalities. Uh, we made sure that uh, um, we worked on the Arabic uh, content and we know that the Arabic is really essential for less fortunate areas in the Middle East. Uh, we worked on different aspects that we know that kids in less fortunate areas need. Uh, uh, and we partnered with a couple of uh, people. Uh, so uh, in the future, we'll be offering these services uh, to uh, less fortunate uh, areas. However, we focused at the beginning on developing the product to the private sector, to people who will uh, be able to pay for this service in order to sustain uh, the business. So it's basically uh, you keep reminding yourself uh, that you're working uh, uh, for both. However, in the action plan, sometimes you jump between the focus. So you say we're now focusing on the private sector. Later, we'll focus more on uh, the less fortunate uh, area. Uh, and uh, and um, even before COVID, uh, we used to jump between two uh, these two lines. And uh, uh, it's the duty of the leader and the senior uh, uh, management. Uh, uh, actually, me and my partner, we focus on reminding ourselves that we're working for the social impact also. And we need to uh, do these partnerships in order to reach uh, more children. So so it's not really easy. Uh, however, uh, it's it's doable. And you can't uh, pour from an empty cup, right? And that is true exactly. when it comes to our families, raising family as well as businesses. So definitely we need to be able to make the money to have that impact as well. But having that impact as one of the main values, I think, um, in the long term is super important. And that's what you are doing as well. Tell me what's next for you. What's next for Hadil and the Alchemist Lab? Actually, we're focused now on the online uh, offerings and we're trying to develop the product to uh, to be suitable for the market. We're testing it. Uh, it's basically as, sc- as uh, scary as it looks that uh, it, it looks like we're starting the business from scratch. <laughs> so uh, it's, yeah, it's basically when you go online, it's a different marketplace. It's, uh, uh, it's a different, uh, uh, different needs for customers and also different needs internally because uh, you might realize that you need uh, different capabilities, different qualifications, and you need to grow uh, uh, your team. Uh, So we're focused currently on uh, the hybrid uh, model of the Alchemist uh, Lab and the blended learning model in particular, which is offering both online and offline. And uh, uh, we we hope that by next year, we'll uh, we'll be able to figure out in which line we will focus. Uh, We will uh, be dropping some of our uh, uh, services and uh, probably we'll do them through partnerships. Uh, and we continue to focus on uh, offering the online and building the team uh, to um, to really uh, um, be able to manage, handle, develop, and grow uh, uh, this line. Uh, so the Alchemist for the Alchemist Lab, it's uh, probably uh, better solutions, I would say, for uh, kids and youth in the mid- Middle a- Middle East. Uh, also, uh, better reach outside Jordan. Uh, our online academy uh, uh, when we launched the a month ago, 80% of our audience were uh, from the Middle East, outside Jordan, basically. So we start to go beyond the uh, um, beyond Jordan and we'll reach kids outside Jordan. And uh, this is exciting uh, uh, for us. Uh, and we'll try, uh, we're trying on the social impact level, uh, not only uh, to um, uh, offer services as activities, we're trying to uh, help. And we started this in 2019 with the launch of uh, our innovation 
uh, the innovation uh, space at the Zaatari camp, one of the biggest Syrian refugee camps uh, in Jordan, that we, we're starting to do this through partnerships where we train people to do our activities in their areas. This is one. So this will increase the reach and will increase the impact. And also uh, um, uh, we're trying, uh, we will be starting, basically we, we started and we'll continue to do this, that uh, uh, to empower more people to lead the, this process of creative thinking and building the creativity in kids uh, in the future by sharing our experience through uh, live sessions, through uh, Zoom sessions, through webinars, through uh, training the trainers to really adopt what we're doing and taking them forward to reach more kids in uh, different areas. Uh, so basically growing our impact and growing the Alchemist Lab on different uh, level. Uh, personally, I always have new ideas, uh, actually. I always, uh, and this is what keeps me going. Uh, basically, I always see la- the light at the end of the tunnel. I always uh, spot uh, uh, opportunities. And um, But they will all focus on uh, kids and the young generation because this is my pa- uh, passion. Whatever I think of, I ended up thinking of, oh, okay, we'll do this for the young generation. Uh, I'll try personally to, to develop uh, uh, ideas that will share my personal experience directly uh, to kids, uh, basically either through uh, our platform at the Alchemist Lab or through other channels. So we're designing th- uh, something that uh, will be really interesting soon and we'll announce it soon, hopefully. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, Hadid, and I'm extremely grateful of Vital Voices that um, introduced you, basically brought you to my life. Uh, my last question is actually about Vital Voices, um, and I want to know the importance of having the right people, having the right network, and how did an organization like Vital Voices help you on your journey? Yeah, actually, I started with Vital Voices as a fellow, and uh, they came at the right time, actually. Uh, my business was, uh, like, established uh, for... Uh, uh, three years at that time and it was a fellowship where the, we got a full program training uh, about uh, different aspects of uh, business and uh, uh, the, the good thing about these network uh, networks actually uh, um, that in order to really grow and learn and um, be able to lead your business you need to uh, be part of network uh, networks that they support you whenever uh, you need them actually uh, people you can turn to uh, whenever you you need any uh, support in business and on the personal level, actually, where, with whatever challenges uh, that uh, you face. So, so the network, the network is uh, powerful, uh, basically, and we need to develop our networks uh, in businesses either locally or globally. Uh, I, I, I'm blessed uh, actually to be part of uh, Vital Voices Network because I got the recognition, actually, the awards uh, through uh, this network, and um, I, I met uh, many one wonderful uh, uh, ladies uh, uh, you're one of them Mona and we met many other uh, ladies who are really inspiring and uh, uh, because the entrepreneurial uh, journey is tough uh, uh, you need to have some inspiring people in your life some people uh, who turn uh, um, uh, uh, you turn to them when you have any challenges uh, I have to, uh, to, to, to say here that uh, you were inspiring to me Mona I know that you are interviewing me, but basically because when COVID-19 started, you approached me uh, suggesting help, uh, suggesting that you can help me 
pivot my business. And that uh, that was really inspiring to me. And that is the essence of being part of the network, being part of the network that there are many ladies and women entrepreneurs in this network who are ready to come to you and to support you when you are in need. Don't hesitate to ask these ladies for help and also for every woman in that network to come and offer help to other women. So it's really important to be part of the network and Vital Voices definitely is one of the very powerful networks where, uh, that affected my life positively. Absolutely. And we are stronger together. I truly believe in that, Hadil. Um, for me, also one of the main highlights of being part of an amazing network such as Vital Voices is meeting amazing women like yourself. This was truly inspirational. Um, I learned a lot, Hadil. Thank you so much. Any final thoughts that you want to share with our audience and how can people stay in touch with you? We will add the links in the show notes, but tell us um, yourself as well, please. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, we'll add some details uh, probably for contact. I'm ready uh, um, for people who contact me uh, in any ways through the social media. I'm available uh, on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. And um, uh, and uh, a final note uh, for audience, I would say um, we all go through uh, challenges and we grow through challenges. The way we deal with the, uh, these challenges uh, uh, usually is the key to build a stronger uh, self and a stronger uh, business. Uh, we go through tough times, but uh, from my experience, uh, this shall pass. And, uh, and uh, we never live uh, through tough times for long. It's basically this tough time to prepare us for the next stage of our life and for the next stage of our businesses. Uh, uh, reach out to uh, other women and other people and ask for help. Sometimes I feel that women, we usually try to uh, to solve our problems our, ourselves we think that we we are, uh, if we're mothers if we're uh, women uh, business owners we try to uh, uh, focus on solving ourselves without asking for help I think this is uh, uh, the the time of reaching out to any woman I always say to young people in Jordan even on social media if you spot a person that you really admire and you think this person has something that can help you to to really solve a problem, just contact this person. And the worst what is to get rejected? Well, as an entrepreneur, this is one of the uh, the things that you should get used to, that we get rejection everywhere. But but basically, the more we contact people and reach out for, uh, uh, to people with help, and the more we focus on why we're, going, uh, we're doing this, uh, uh, we will have a group of people that will support us, help us go through this tough situation, and see the light at the end of uh, the tunnel and uh, hopefully be able to grow our business to a different level. Thanks a lot, Hadil. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, your experience with our audience. I truly appreciate it and it's an honor to um, know you. We will add all the details in the show notes, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode and you're as inspired as I am after talking to Hadil. Have an awesome day, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. <music>